I said last time on Philippians 3, 7 to 10, or particularly verse 10, that we'd come back and talk about the meaning of knowing him, knowing Jesus in the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings to become like him in his death. And in fact, I think we'll take at least two sessions, this one and the next one on the first one, just on the, the power of his resurrection. So, so Paul counts everything as loss in order that he might have the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord. And now he says, he does all that, that he may know him. Knowing, no, that he may know him. So we want to focus there on knowing him in the power of his resurrection. So Father, I pray now that as we focus on the power of the resurrection of Jesus as Paul experienced it, and we may, that you would show us what that power is and how it is tasted, how it is known. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, I asked last time, is this a knowing here that's a knowing by book learning or a knowing by tasting? Do you know honey is sweet because you're reading a book that is sweet? Or do you know honey is sweet because you put your tongue to it and say, wow, that's the kind of knowing here. Paul wants to know Christ Know him by sharing in the power of his resurrection. What does that mean? Let's just look at a few other passages. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I just point this out, not to say that that's exactly the same thing, but it shows that Paul doesn't believe we can do what we need to do in life. The Christian life simply doesn't proceed with effectiveness apart from divine power or Look at Paul's own testimony of his, his experience of this in Colossians 1.29. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that he works in me by power. So this is Christ working energy in Paul by power. He is dependent on Christ's power. So are we, because he prays for us like this in Colossians 1.9. So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be strengthened with power, all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And that's very relevant to our text, because remember I said last time that this power is not a power to escape suffering, but a power to endure suffering, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his suffering. So there's no thought that this power is power to avoid suffering. It's the power to endure suffering, which is what Paul is praying for us here in Colossians 1.9, that we be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and even joy in the midst of what we have to endure. Now, one more passage to show you that, that this power is the power of the resurrection. What does he mean when he says, I want to know the power of the resurrection? Here is the clearest place, I think, where Paul talks about this. It's Ephesians 1, and he's praying for the church, which would be his own experience. 
I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, and what are the riches, notice know, that you may know, same as back here, that I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection, and that's coming now, that you may know One, what is the hope to which you've been called? Two, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? So that you may know power. That's the same thought. But is it the power of the resurrection? Follow it. Follow the thought. That you may know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to, so this power is according to the working of his might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's the definition of this power, right? He wants us to know the immeasurable greatness of power which God worked in the raising of Jesus from the dead. This is the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, how does that apply to us? So I put some dots here and jumped to chapter 2, verse 4, because the thought continues. God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us, made us alive and raised us with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So he's asking that we would know the power, immeasurable greatness of power. What kind of power? The power that he showed, God showed in raising Jesus from the dead. And then to illustrate how that works in our lives, he says, we were dead and we were raised. So the the God who raised Jesus from the dead enables us to taste, know this power in our new birth in making us rise from the dead, making us alive together with Christ. So I'm going to go back here and suggest that when Paul says, I want to know him, and then specifies how he will know him in these two ways, knowing his power, knowing his sufferings. This power here is a real experience in this life. This is not just the resurrection from the dead. That's coming. Later, down here, he is going to be raised from the dead, and he wants to be raised from the dead. So that would be the final experience of that power. But here in this life, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, precisely in living the life that enables me to lovingly share his sufferings, because I have been raised from the dead by the power of God and made to sit with him in the heavenly places and given power for the work that he's given me to do. Next time we look at what it means to share the sufferings of Christ and thus become like him in his death.